Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to your house this morning to be together, to gather, to reflect on your love. We are in this season, Lord, where you have sent the perfect gift. And for some of us, Lord, we're chasing our tails trying to figure out the perfect gift. And Lord, so we we come to you today recognizing that you have created that gift and given it to us. We come here, Lord, remembering that Jesus came as a a child and would live that perfect life that we might have that gift it is our hope Lord I even I ask even at this moment that you would quiet our hearts Lord we will prepare to sit around the table here shortly and your scripture reminds us that our hearts need to be right with you The scriptures remind us that if there's something that stands between us and our brother or our sister, that we need to sort that out. We need to take care of those things. Or else we take communion in judgment on ourselves. And so, Lord, I ask even at this moment, that we would quiet our hearts, that we would search ourselves and find those spots that need to be right, those areas where we have been wrong or wronged someone or treated someone less than they need to be treated or should be, that we would come as humble servants in humility that we would come and seek your face. Like that video showed those people, the, the shepherds bowed in absolute awe of those angels that would come and share the message of hope. Those shepherds were the least of the least. And it reminds us that Jesus came for all, for those who are not what society would say was top-notch. Jesus came for the homeless, for those who don't have a place or a meal or anything that we would think would be successful. He came for those. And He came for us, and Lord... Remind us that we are all in that same spot. That having a nice car or a nice place, a nice house, nice food on our table, whatever it is, doesn't make our eternity any different than those who don't have. Make us humble servants. Those who follow after you. Humble us in ways that, Lord, we need to 
to understand that we are sinners saved by grace. That we don't have a spot at the head of the table. And we don't deserve to be at the head of the table. Except that you have come and saved us. Lord, as we look at your word this morning as we sit around your table, may we be reminded of your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture this morning is out of Luke chapter 2. And I know you've heard it before. But I want you to listen for something new. Just a heads up, this is when the the shepherds, the angels come to the shepherds and share with the shepherds the good news. If you're old enough to remember Charlie Brown's Christmas, you've read it, you've heard this every year, you've watched it. Because Linus would always share this passage when Charlie Brown asks the question, what is the meaning of Christmas? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and had seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing and prepare our hearts. May our hearts be focused upon you. May everything else wash away. May we hear your voice, your words, as you speak to us about those gifts. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
So this week we're going to talk a little bit about the shepherds. And that's not something, we don't see many shepherds. Anybody see any shepherds on their way to church today? Tending their sheep? Uh, it's not something we normally see, is it? We think if you had sheep, you'd have them in a barn and then you would live in your house. Well, these shepherds, the shepherds of the day that is in Scripture lived a different life. They lived amongst the sheep. They lived out in the open. They probably had a shelter of some sort. But their job was to protect the sheep. Most often they were the least of these. People who didn't really get along with others. Don't play nice, you know, in the, on those, our old, uh, our old uh, cards from school that said, plays well with others. If you're old, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was a, a check mark, an unsatisfactory, which is a U and a S, and then there might have been like a special one if you were good at it. I never had to worry about any of the good ones. <laughs> They didn't get along with others very well. They tended to be the outcasts. What we might think of today is maybe a migrant worker, someone who would go from place to place. Their responsibility was to take care of the sheep, not just take care of them for, to make sure they were fed, but rather to protect them and to take them to where there was good water, and to take them where there was good feed. Their job was nomadic in nature. They would move with the sheep. I find it very interesting that God would use them to announce the coming of His Son. Actually, I think it's really pretty cool. Probably something you've not thought much about. But tradition says that the shepherds that saw the angels, because it says they lived nearby, very well could have been and probably were in the shepherd's field. Does anyone know what the shepherd's field is? Good. I'm going to teach you something today. No, you're not allowed to answer. You had your three seconds? Party's over, Lee. Sorry. I'm the one who's going to look smart today. <laughs> the shepherd's field was this. It was a field just outside the city of Bethlehem. And it was where, tradition says, it's where the sheep that were used in temple sacrifice were raised. So they literally were raising the sheep that would be used specifically for temple sacrifice. Side note, real quick side note. This, the, the video you saw this morning came from a, a series that's called The Chosen. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, my wife just started watching it. She tried to talk me into it. I said no, but then I found it. I liked it. You know, now I like it because I found it. You know, 
It's on YouTube, and it has a bunch of different stories of Jesus. Uh, in, in, it's from Scripture, a bunch of different stories. And I know the first year uh, is done, and I think they're working on the second year now. But it's called The Chosen. So if you want to watch, uh, it's, on, and it's on YouTube, right? Is that where you watch it? Oh, my wife has an app. If you're cool, you have an app on your phone. My wife has that. I don't have that. I watch it on YouTube. But I, I encourage you to check that out. It's called The Chosen. Anyway, those, those shepherds were the, the least of these. And God used those people to share the message with his people. Did you hear in that scripture they were amazed that it was shepherds talking about Jesus coming? There's one thing that I really appreciate about shepherds. There's a lot of humility in the job that they do. Right? None of us want to sit outside all year long and follow animals around and protect them. And yet their job was to make the sheep, or to raise the sheep that would be used in temple sacrifice. And so in some interesting way, they had a really important job. And that wasn't their most important job, was it? Their most important job was to announce what the angels had told them. And so when they heard that message... They had a gift to share with the world. And that gift was humility. That even those of humble origins can be believers in Christ. And that they have, too had a place and have a place in God's heart. That should be hopeful for the rest of us. Am I right? We should, take, we should take some hope in the idea that God uses all kinds of people. It makes me remember that we all have gifts. We all have gifts. Now you've had a week. I gave you a week to think about the gifts and how you might use them this Christmas. I'm curious if God has revealed anything to you in this past week of the gifts that you have that you might be able to share with someone this Christmas season. Anyone care to share? Anyone have? I know I talked to someone this week who had, who had been thinking about that, and uh, God had revealed uh, a gift that they had, uh, and their gift was dealing with people, working with people, encouraging people. So tell me, what gifts has God revealed to you this week? See, I can't let you off the hook. You can't just come on Sunday, listen, and then just go home and ignore me for a week, hoping that I'll forget what happened last week. Oh. Thank you. Baking cookies for our shuns. Steve? Amen. The gift of teaching. What other gifts? None of you guys, none of y'all's, none of you in the balcony. Brian Renner, what do you got?
Amen. That's a great, that's a great uh, verse. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? Prophecy, okay. Pat, what, what, Pat's, Pat's, Pat raised her hand, so she gets to go first because that's how it works in school, kids. <laughs> Amen. Pat had a chance to go and be a helper uh, with, uh, with Dot Vanderhoof um, with Ken. And I heard, I heard the story, and I heard you had an eventful day. Lori? Amen. Throwing kids parties. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Patience to deal with unreasonable. Well, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you this question next week, okay? I'm warning you. I'm giving you a heads up. This is like the pop quiz when your teacher says, okay, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to think about the gifts that you have and how you might use them this Christmas. My, my wife and I are working on a project. It might be more my wife than I, but I'm going to at least take some credit for thinking about it. Um, we're working on a project for, the, for those who are shut in and those who are in nursing homes. Um, just trying to think of some ways. Mind you, we're, I have been talking to uh, Sandy Mitchell quite often on, the, on Facebook, and she's trying so hard to get out. I don't think she n totally understands that how hard it is to get out to come to church, but she's like, misses, she says, I miss you guys. I want to come to church. We all have gifts. And I want you to think about the gifts that you have and the gifts that you can give of yourself. I, we don't need seven ways, we, but, uh, but I would encourage you to think of gifts that you can give of yourself. And one of the things I have noticed in, in the Christian realm is this. A lot of people struggle with the idea of having gifts, and, and it sounds like um, that we're, we, we're kind of prideful, right? If I'm good at something, it sounds like I'm prideful that I've, well, you're good at this. Um, aren't you just tooting your own horn? Aren't you just telling people what you're good at? And I once had someone tell me, well, as I was preparing uh, actually to fill in my, to my, do my resume to come here for, as associate pastor, that it's okay to be good at doing things like youth ministry. It's okay that you relate well to other people. And I struggled with that because it sounded like a, a pride issue, that I struggled with a pride issue because I said, well, if I say I'm good at this, doesn't that look prideful? Doesn't it look like I'm saying, look at me, right? And I grew up, good Christians never pat themselves on the back. And so how do we decide um, between pride and humility? Where does that fit in the Christian faith? And I want to give you a verse uh, uh, out of Psalm 9, uh, the, a Psalm of David. And I, I just want to share this with you because I think David uh, in this moment figures out that he's good at something and he knows he's good What's the, what was David, King David, good at? Come on now. What was King This is easy. This is an easy one. What was King David good at? Killing people. Thank you, Lee. That was the perfect answer, right? We remember in Scripture where, where David was the man, right? Saul killed his thousands or hundreds or whatever it says, and what did David kill? 
his ten thousands. You remember that, right? He was a warrior. We, th- we think of David as this warrior king. So much so that even at the end, God says, listen, you have blood on your hands and you won't be building the temple. Remember that? Your son will build the temple. You were a great warrior, but that's blood is on your hands. He was a man, a warrior from the very beginning. Do we remember the story? Do you remember the first story when David comes on the scene? Come on now. I'm going to keep probing and poking you guys. Goliath, thank you. He was just a, what's it say? He was just a little ruddy guy. I'm not sure what ruddy means, but I assume that was real, like, real thin and thin. What was it? Red hair, Red hair was ruddy? Oh. Mark, is, Mark used to be a ruddy guy. <laughs> you get the sense that he was the youngest. He was this little guy. He wasn't much. And yet, he had no qualms about taking on Goliath. And he takes him out. Well, in Psalm 9, let me get to the psalm because I think this is important. This is what David does within his understanding of, of knowing who he is and how he shows humility in the gifts that God has given him. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you, and I will sing the praises of your name, Most High. And I don't know why that cut off. But when my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. What David does is what I'll encourage you to do. When you recognize a gift you have in your life that that God can use, point it right back at God. If someone says, you did an awesome job sharing whatever. You make great cookies. Praise God. David said, listen, I know who I am as a warrior. I know that I was able to do all these things in the name of my God. I encourage you to allow yourself to see the gifts you have. Because we all, all want to be, uh, this false humility is this idea that we don't have any gifts. That God hasn't given us anything to be special. And I, and I fight that because I don't believe that at all. I believe he's given us all kinds of gifts. The shepherd's gift to Jesus that Christmas, that holiday time, was the announcement to the rest of the world. What a gift! Here, here's what I want you to announce, shepherds. Go into town. We're going to go into town and we're going to share this story. And the scripture says, they were amazed. Why were they amazed? Because these were shepherds. They didn't get CNN out in the field. Oh, wait. They probably didn't get CNN in the, in the city either, right? These would have been people who were just so out of touch with the world. They wouldn't have had no idea that some baby was being born, that that this baby would be the savior of the world. They were not learned people, so they wouldn't have understood the, the prophecies coming into this. It was so unlike what the world thought 
how it could ever be announced. And isn't it just like God to do it that way? I think about all the people he used, uses in uh, Scripture. The Gideons of the day. Elijah. Even Abraham when he has to walk away from everything that he has to, to start this. Jesus, born in a manger. You understand what a manger was, right? Does anybody know what swaddling clothes or uh, cloths were? Rags. You know what they were used for? Burial was a, is a symbol. Was one. The other thing they used them for. The shepherds would use them to uh, wrap up the sheep who had wounds. They were just just cloths. They were just old cloths laying around. I want to remind you, church, that God doesn't call those who are equipped. He equips those who he has called. And as a believer in Christ, you are called. And if you forgot that, let me remind you what Ephesians 4 one says. Actually, I'm going to read it to you. I'm not going to tell you, but I encourage you to read Ephesians 4 1. It says there's a call on your life, and you have a responsibility to follow after that call. And you know what? God gave you those gifts to be able to follow that. When God has given you gifts, point it towards Him. Second, the message is still relevant today. It says, it says, there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We remember that verse, right? And it seems so far away. Not a one of us probably have a manger in our, our barn. And it sure wouldn't look like that. And I think for a lot of people in and around the Christian faith, they struggle with the idea that this is so far removed from today. And so we ask this question, is, that, is the Bible still relevant today? Is this story just a nice story that makes us feel good? Did it really happen how it happened? And how do I apply it in my life today? right? How does it fit? Is it relevant today in my life? Because I think that's where people really get hung up uh, in the Christian faith. That's a great story, but that book's really old. The least they could have done was put out a new version, right? Edition number 742. We at least understand how it fits today. And then when we come to Christmas, it's like, this is a great story, but... It's so far removed. So I'll ask you, was that Savior born for you? Because verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. If you call Him Christ the Lord, your Lord, then He was born to you. And how can we see that? 
We can see that in your story. Your testimony. Your testimony that God is continuing to change your life. That he makes a difference in your life on a daily basis. Uh, Steve's been, we've been uh, working in Sunday school uh, weekly going through people's testimonies. And I think one of the struggles that we have with our testimony is that I just grew up normal kid. I was just a normal sinner. My parents took me to church. I still was a sinner, but you know what I mean? I just went. Uh, it was no, I didn't, I didn't drink acid and then come to Christ. I didn't, I didn't do all these crazy things. Uh, I didn't ride with hell's angels before. I was, you know, I, we just have all these preconceived notions that if it isn't crazy enough, then it's probably not real or not true. And I want to encourage you that one of the biggest gifts you have is your story. Because your story is how you were moving on this path and God came in and changed the direction of your life. And some of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard are testimonies of those who have kept the faith for 50 or 60 or 70 years. We call them saints, do we not? We, like to, we call them saints of the faith. And we're reminded in Hebrews 11 that God says, there's a whole laundry list of those who kept the faith. And that story is powerful. Why? Not because it was some big uh, adventure story. But rather it was someone's life was changed, turned upside down, and it continues to reflect Jesus from that day on. That's why the story is relevant. Finally, I encourage you to let God use you. Let God use you every day. These shepherds, they stood out there, heard this message. I'm sure we're losing their minds, right? All they needed was their cell phone so they could take a <laughs> YouTube video and post it. These angels came, and I don't know about you, but you had to wonder what, what was on their mind when they it suddenly got light and they couldn't see a thing. And the angels told them about this baby, Jesus, born. Then they had a decision to make. Doesn't sound like from the scripture that they really had a hard decision to make. Mind you, they had a decision to make. Do we keep doing our job? Do we stay with our sheep? Are they going to be okay for the hours we're gone? Because we're going to town. And we're going to go and share the message and see the baby and confirm what we've been told. See, it's all well and good to have a gift, but if you don't, aren't willing to share that gift with anyone else, it just stays in your pocket. You can be a great encourager and never say a word to another soul. You can be a great comforter and not tell anyone or come alongside of anyone. 
We have so many gifts that God has given us. We don't always use the ones we have. Why? Because I think a lot of times it's scary. It's challenging. If I say this and someone doesn't agree, then what am I going to say? What, if I, what am I going to do with this gift? Maybe that gift takes some time and energy. Maybe it takes away from the things that I want to do on my normal life. And I would challenge you to say, maybe that is where your life should be. See, as believers in Christ, we come to the point where we have to make a decision. Well, we've all come to that point, right? We either make a decision to follow after Christ or to walk away. And we have a decision to make. And I, I believe we make that decision uh, about not about our salvation daily, but I believe we make a decision to follow God's leading in our life on a daily basis. That we get up every morning and we have to make a decision about, am I going to do me or am I going to do what God wants me? And I can almost guarantee that on Sunday it's a whole lot easier to do what God wants. Right? Because we come here. So that's easy. But what about Monday morning? I used to try to live two lives. When I worked in the foundry, that was one of the biggest challenges in my life. I tried to live the Christian faith at home and at church. And I tried to live the world at the foundry. Guess how that felt? I'll tell you, it felt miserable. Because I had to be really careful to to walk the line. As long as I was at home, it was easy. I tried to live the Christian faith. I walked the faith. Here's our Bible, boys and girls and kids, and we're going to do this. And then when I went to work, it was rough. And it was a whole lot harder to live that faith. And so it was easy. It was just easier to just walk the world side when I was at work. The problem is when they got mixed together, right? <laughs> That's what happens when they begin to mesh and you're, they cross that line and you're like, okay, now which person am I going to be? Am I going to live my faith every day of the week? It honestly was the biggest challenge of taking the position here was completely understanding that I was going to Change that part of my life. And God was, just so you know, God was working on that for a bunch of years. He was moving in my life. And he was really putting a divide in there and saying, listen, you need to understand. You're either going to live this faith each and every moment of your day, of, of, of every day and every week and of your life. Or, you know, you're going to have to live with uh, where you're at. But if you're going to follow me, then you need to follow me. I encourage you to take those gifts God has given you for this Christmas season and share them with someone. Share your faith. That is the biggest gift. A Savior was born to you many, many years ago. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be together. Thankful to be in your house. Reminded of that gift. Lord, those shepherds shared that gift in humility. And Lord, I ask that you would give us the humility 
to continue to seek your face and to share who you are in our lives. And that, Lord, our testimony would be one that reflects what you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen.